Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and business manager, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is sports editor Bryce Totes and lead photographer Eston Parker. Hey, guys, uh, how's it been going this weekend? Uh, this week has been great. Um, this weekend was a lot of fun. I know we're going to touch on it in a little bit, so I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, same here. Had a really good time. Doing pretty well. Yeah, and before we get to that excitement, we do have to talk about a few losses, and that is from FEU basketball in particular. Uh, men's basketball last Thursday went on the road to Bowling Green, Kentucky, as they suffered a 76-69 defeat to the Hilltoppers. Yeah, we lost a big red on the road, and we were doing good. The team was doing good. They were riding high at home. They were on a four-game winning streak, and now it snapped because, we, because they lost on the road. So what do you think, what do you guys think of their performance last Thursday? You know, they were playing pretty good throughout. It was a tough blow. Um, I think they'll bounce back though. They got another big game coming up this Thursday. I'm excited to see, you know, what coach puts in them, um, what fire kind of lights under them and see how they move forward. It honestly, like they're just such a fun team to watch. I just wish they could win at least half of their road games. I, th I think that's just the main thing holding them back right now. They just really struggle on the road. Yeah. Like when you look at their records home in a way, their home record is basically really dominant. 13 and three, one of the best home records in conference USA, or if not the best. And then you look at their road record, it's two and seven. It's like we see uh, two different teams when it comes to home to the home games and away games. But for this week, they do have some pretty crucial matchups coming up and it will show whether they are, they deserve to be known as one of the best teams in conference USA or at the very least, one of the best teams in the East division. As on Thursday, they will take on North Texas, who uh, as far as we're aware, has the, basically the best record in the West division, West division. They barely have any losses. I think they only had like three, four losses. And then on Saturday, they take on middle Tennessee who is a contender for that East division title. So what does the team have to do going into these games to make sure they come out with the victories? Well, the team's got to focus on fundamentals. Um, they got to get back to basics. They got to put that loss they had behind them on the road. Um, and, you know, they just got to work as a team. I think, you know, towards the end of the game last Thursday, they were taking some desperation shots towards the end. So I think they got to, you know, avoid that and just play with confidence. And Bryce, going off of what you said, I, I think they need to fall back to what they've done really well in their last few home wins um, is, you know, spread the ball out, um, get off to a really good start um, because we've seen them get, have some pretty impressive leads, you know, halfway through a game. Um, and that pretty much allows them to, you know, bring in their backups towards the latter stage of the game. So I think if they can spread the ball out, and not have their offense flow through one player, they'll be doing pretty well. Yeah, definitely. This uh, The men's team has basically done very well this season as they are on track to having another winning record and uh, especially a winning record in conference play. So they can pull out some wins at home against very good teams in North Texas and Middle Tennessee. That would do wonders for for their fans of seeing them as base, probably one of the best teams and best FAU squads in recent memory. And moving on from men's basketball, we have women's basketball. 
and they did host Western Kentucky as they hosted Western Kentucky last Thursday. And unfortunately, they fell 72-69 in overtime. So, Esten, I know we watched the game, and uh, despite doing good in the first half, especially Rita Pleskovich, who outscored the entire Hilltopper squad with, like, what, 19 points in the first half. And then and you look at the second half, and then overtime, it just wasn't the same. And a lot of turnovers and miscommunication on certain plays just doomed them in the end. I, I think what was really frustrating to watch was as the game progressed, you, you could slowly see FAU lose the momentum and lose their hold on the game. Um, and I believe it was with like about a minute or 30 seconds left was when um, FAU lost the lead. And granted, the game went to overtime. They had their chances. Um, now, it, the, the frustration on the court seems to be growing more and more every time I watch him play. Um, and also, side note, there is now another member off of the roster. I forget her name, but uh, Double Zero was her number. I believe she was from Spain. I don't want to oh, Marta. remember. Thank you. Yeah, so um the roster is now down to 10 players i believe it's really thin um and and you know despite all of it credit to them for holding on to the lead for as long as they did um playing you know pretty well for the majority of the game but um just really poor hate to be harsh but really poor decision making in the later stage of the game you know um I believe at one point with like, I think 10 seconds left, they were down by three. We have the ball and um, Kukendall drives down the lane for a layup, which left us with three seconds left to spare. Uh, so, you know, it's, um, it was a really tough loss, but again, credit to them for, you know, I guess, make you know for really making it a game so yeah it was it was a very tough loss and a lot of frustration in the end with the turnovers and not making the right play necessarily but hopefully they can bounce back this week as uh like men's basketball they will be taking on north texas and middle tennessee only difference is the women's will be on the road in denton texas to take on the mean green on thursday and then the blue raiders in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on Saturday at 3 p.m. So hopefully the women's team can can sneak out at least one win on the road, hopefully an upset victory. But we'll see what, what happens from there. And moving on from FU basketball, we find on the 18th, we'll finally have FU baseball back for the 2022 season. They will open their season against the Minnesota Gophers, if I'm not mistaken. And Golden Gophers, indeed. Gophers. Okay, good, good. I, okay, at least I was part right on, mm-hmm. the, on the, the team name. So February 18th, that will be their season opener. And, uh, and it will be the first, their first series will be at home at FEU Baseball Stadium going from Friday, February 18th to Monday, February 21st. So guys, uh, what is your outlook on the team this season that has you looking optimistic for it? Oh, this team is stacked. Um, they got a lot of good players coming in. I think they have 16 new newcomers this season, though. Um, 
the veterans should be able to help him. Um, John McCormack, head coach, seems to be confident in the team as well. Um, this has been one of the most consistent programs in school history, so it's exciting to see what they're going to do um, this season. I think for me, the, the trio of Tony, a catcher, um, Pendleton, and um, what's his name? Shanuel. Mm-hmm. I, I think those three guys will be a huge reason um, or a huge factor over the success of the season. But, you know, like y'all mentioned, we have so many newcomers coming in um, that will likely make a huge impact. And just looking at the schedule, I mean, this their opening series, obviously we open up against Minnesota um, and then shortly after we go to Miami, but then following that we've faced Delaware and Michigan. Um, I, I like the competition that we have for these first few, you know, for the opening part of the season. Um, because I think if they can, you know, get out of these first few series with, you know, to win them, um, I think that can give them a lot of momentum and confidence, you know, as we, you know, entering the bulk of the season. Yeah. Well, for me too, I like, you know, Pendleton and Tony as two main catchers on the team, but I do like the pitching rotation with Ostrander and um, Hunter Cooley. I think they're going to be a great pitching tandem and who knows, maybe we might see um, Mitchell Hardigan come onto the mound again this season if they really need him. And when you look at pitchers, they do get back Jacob Josie, who couldn't play the rest of the season due to injury last year. So, and then you mentioned some of the players, Caleb Pendleton, Nolan Shanuel. Um, And I wouldn't underestimate Jalen DeBose and Steven Loden, who last year, those two had their moments, especially Loden towards the second half of the season and in some moments during the playoffs. So the offense of FAU baseball is, is once again, not to be underestimated. And personally, I'm excited to see what they can do this season. They do have a very good batch of games. For, as we mentioned, first against Minnesota, then that one-off against Miami, and then the series against Delaware, Michigan, and eventually Fordham in early March. But yeah, it's going to be a great season for FU baseball fans. So we'll see what happens from there. And uh, ending our section with FU sports, we'll head on to national, to national sports and Sunday night. Oof. That was a very good game to end what was an incredible postseason for the NFL. As Super Bowl 56 featured a victory, a 23-20 victory from the Los Angeles Rams over the Cincinnati Bengals. So all three of us predicted the Rams to be the victorious team in Super Bowl 56. And it's good to see that we were right, but not in the way that we expected initially from this game. So guys, what did you think of how the Super Bowl went out on Sunday? Overall, I think the Super Bowl was a pretty good game. I mean, there were a couple of missed calls that, you know, might have should have been called or maybe shouldn't have been called. Um, there's a very controversial one. A lot of people would have been talking about if the Rams ended up losing that game um, with pulling the helmet. Uh, overall, I knew it was going to be a close game. I didn't know it was going to be that close where it was going to be a game-winning drive um, with the winning touchdown scoring in the last two minutes. Um, I think if Cooper Cup would have been injured as well as OBJ, it might not have been the same result. Um, it was nice to see, 
you know, former Owls playing, um, having a game, Trey Hendrickson came up with a big sack early on and mm-hmm. was prominent throughout the game. So it was a good game to watch, though. Yeah, and, um, you know, on, on the Rams' end, shout-out to Aaron Donald essentially sealing the game um, in consecutive games, you know, obviously making the big play to secure the win, secure the Super Bowl against the Bengals. Um very similar play to what happened against the 49ers in the conference title game, you know, just completely bull rushed the offensive line, pressured the quarterback and well, um, you know, forced an incompletion, but you know, against the 49ers, it was an interception. Um, so it was a really entertaining game. Um, I liked all aspects of it, including the halftime show. Um, so I, I think altogether, this was a very fitting end to one i'd say one of the most exciting seasons in nfl history so i definitely agree with the postseason being probably the most probably the best one in recent memory if if i recall correctly but yeah this postseason has been incredible and seeing the super bowl played as it went out it it, it was it was just a sight to see and congrats to matt staff matthew stafford on getting the Rams the Super Bowl win, especially after losing probably his best receiver in Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr., who reportedly got a torn ACL again, which is very unfortunate to say the least, but credit to Matthew Stafford on an incredible season, his first season out of Detroit and his first season in LA and just getting the Super Bowl title as he did. Yeah, it was in this postseason, I think there was, I want to say seven games decided by six points or less. And, you know, in regulation and the other was an overtime game out of the eight in the divisional round. So it was pretty awesome to see something like that happen. Um, and it was really exciting this whole season, as you touched on Eston, um, with that added game, there was a lot of added pressure in that 17th game. Is there any uh, final thoughts on, the season overall or just the Super Bowl in general, or maybe the halftime show for a second? Well, the halftime show was incredible. Um, anybody that says so, I cannot trust them. Um, I really enjoyed that halftime show. I do want to touch on, though, a lot of people were rumoring uh, maybe Aaron Donald's retirement after winning the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. It was pretty interesting to see me here. I will say, too, um, this is partly serious and also partly sarcastic. Uh, thankful that Kanye West did not run onto the field and have a Taylor Swift esque moment and you know take over the halftime show because, um, personally, alongside the Super Bowl, I was trying to keep track of what in God's name that man was saying, um, in the midst of his little let's call it situation. So, um, yeah, you know, he, sitting with Antonio Brown, his kid got uh, the gloves from Odell Beckham before the game, who also really unfortunate injury for OBJ, you know, a non-contact injury. Um, I'm not sure if it was the same leg that he had previously injured, but, you know, um, he at least did make um, a really important touchdown reception in the game. But, you know, it really sucks to see him get hurt in what is like yeah what's got to be the biggest game of his life so 
and ending the NFL section. Congrats to Buddy Howell and Sherrod Neesman for winning the Super Bowl alongside the Rams. And even though they did not get a significant play time in the Super Bowl, they still got their Super Bowl rings and more FAU Owls with Super Bowl titles, which is good for FAU in general. And as finishing the NFL section, we move on to the NBA section. As last week, there were some very major trades that happened. And one of the trades that we talked about last week was between the Sixers and the Nets revolving around Ben Simmons and James Harden. And lo and behold, what Eston did not want to happen, happened. And <laughs> want to know your thoughts on that, Eston, because the Sixers did get them, the Sixers did trade away a few pieces that would actually prove beneficial to Brooklyn, especially with Seth Curry, who helps out Brooklyn a lot offensively. So what are your general thoughts on the actual trade that went down? Well, on both ends, um, number one, already seeing an impact for the Nets. Seth Curry pretty much leading them to a victory last night, snapping their, I think, 11-game losing streak. Um, And also, um, you know, will the addition of Ben Simmons alongside with Kyrie Irving and and, um, James Harden, um, Kevin Durant, will that maybe give Ben Simmons confidence to pull up from the mid-range or, God forbid, a three-pointer? Probably not. Um, But will it likely help him or maybe help the Nets spread the ball out a bit more? I think so. I think it could be a good addition, but do I think it's going to win them the East? No. Do I think it's going to get them to the conference championship series? No. Um, and that includes if KD is in, because I, I'm, I'm sorry, like Ben Simmons had his opportunities with the Sixers. And until I get proven wrong, Ben Simmons is in the same category for me as Doc Rivers is as a coach. <laughs> the most overrated player in the league. Mm-hmm. I will stand by that until corrected. At least Doc Rivers, at this point, there's no chance of him, you know, getting that that name off of his uh, off his mark. But and and for the Sixers, I think getting James Harden along with Paul Millsap is really good. Um, mind you, I, I think this trade is beneficial for both teams in its own right. I don't think. Um, that it's necessarily going to win either team a finals or, like I said, get them to the finals. Um, but I do think it's a really exciting trade. I think James Harden with Joel Embiid, um, that should be a lot of fun, especially because, you know, at least Joel Embiid doesn't have to worry about someone sitting out games. You know, now that's KD's problem. He's got to worry about some guy not playing for half the games and the other one worrying about whether or not he's going to play or if he's going to shoot. So, um, but I think it's a really, um, I like the trades altogether just for pure entertainment value um, (laughs) and, and meme value. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's my take on it. All right. Two things before I go to Bryce on his thoughts about it. But first thing is, um, uh, when Brooklyn snapped their 11-game losing streak, it was against the Sacramento Kings, who traded away their best young player in Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis from the NEI Pacers. That's all you oh, need to know true. about the Sacramento Kings. Poverty franchise. <laughs> and the second thing is uh, the second James Harden got out of Brooklyn after pres- assumingly suffering from Kyrie's uh, 
<laughs> antics. Um, he took off the fat suit and looks fit again. As Charles Barkley said, he's not injured. He like he got traded. He's fit. He's he's healthy now. <laughs> uh, when it came to drafting the All Stars for the All Star game for All Star Weekend, but yeah, um, it it was pretty. It was great drama, great memes. But yeah, uh, Bryce, what do you have to say about about that? <laughs> You know, great drama, great memes, as you touched on. For me personally, with the effects of the trade, though, I think that Brooklyn wins this trade if Ben Simmons actually plays and has confidence to shoot. Um, If he doesn't have any confidence and he does the exact same thing he did in Philadelphia, it was a waste for Brooklyn to get him. And it was a steal for the Philadelphia 76ers to get James Harden. Um, We'll see what actually happens. I don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons – for the rest of the season. Um, neither of these teams are championship caliber teams as, you know, were projected for Brooklyn. Brooklyn was projected to be a championship caliber team this year, but it's not going to happen no matter how many trades they make, um, how many trades they did make. It's They're going to have to wait for another year. Yeah, probably that will be the case. And there was another trade in the Western Conference, well, uh, in the West that did go down mainly as the Dallas Mavericks traded Kristaps Porzingis to the Washington Wizards, which is uh, a very questionable trade to say the least, because now <laughs> I don't really know what to think of that trade, to be honest, but it, it was a very strange trade for Dallas to make, even though I kind of get why, because Kristaps Porzingis was not exactly playing up to his potential as a, as a big man in Dallas. So sending him to Washington who he can help uh, Bradley Beal when he's back healthy because uh, Bradley, Bradley Beal did take a, a surgery that will keep, keep him sidelined for the rest of the season. But that was a very uh, questionable trade for Dallas, for now, to say the least. In my opinion, it was not a smart trade at all. Um, yeah, Christoph Sprzingis has been having a tough year, but stats show that he's probably the second-best player on the team overall. Um, so to trade him away to this – Wizards I just I don't I don't get it um they could have seen where he gone could have given him at least another year to see where he went um and maybe traded him by the deadline next year but I just don't get this trade for this year same here um on the Mavericks end it's it doesn't make a ton of sense um primarily for the reasons that y'all have mentioned and you know it is really disappointing to see this unceremonious end in Dallas for Porzingis, you know, there was a lot of hype with him being matched with Luca. Um, and I don't, you know, Porzingis, I don't think he really reached the heights that he was expected to, um, at least to make in Dallas, but I think him in Washington, he can get a fresh start. Um, you know, when Beal gets healthy, that could be a bit of an exciting trio with, uh, Beal, uh, Porzingis and dare I say Kyle Kuzma, so, um, so, you know, Hey, it should be good enough for the wizards to get maybe seventh or eighth in the East and then get eliminated in the first round. So good for them. Yeah. Um, and as we look at the standings at the moment, Miami staying on top with a five game winning streak. And then right behind them is Chicago half a game behind on a four game winning streak, despite, uh, Zach Levine having some knee issues. So we'll see how that plans out, pans out. And the Celtics having the best winning streak in the NBA at the moment with eight straight wins while having the best defense as of recently. So 
And they're finally in a playoff spot, not a playing spot, a playoff spot at last. So for me as a Celtics fan, that makes me happy. And they have played very well. They just dropped off Denver and uh, took out Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. So as a Celtics fan, I'm very happy to see that. And looking at the teams that did not make trades at all during the deadline were the New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers. And I saw the Knicks play last night as they lost in overtime to the Oklahoma City Thunder, to a very young Thunder squad to say, to say actually. So that's just sad New York Knicks misery. So thankfully Kevin isn't here for um, him to, well, not be roasted, but you know, so it's a tough time to be a Knicks fan. But then again, when, when, when has it not been tough to be a Knicks fan recently? I was just about to say that the Knicks have just recently not, um, this season is just atrocious for them now. <laughs> and the sad thing is that they were, they were doing good to start the season. They were in a playoff spot at the very least. And now to see them regress the way they have and not make any trades at all and seeing the way they lost to the Thunder last night, yikes, yikes. <laughs> and then you look at the Los Angeles Lakers who did play last week and on Saturday against the Golden State Warriors. Great game. I'm like, great game. That was a great game. Yeah. Um, it was an incredible. That, game. that was a really good game. Like, like it can't, it can't beat around the bush on that game because that game was very good to watch, even though it has started off with struggles for the Lakers in the first half. And then they caught up in the second half. And then in the fourth quarter, Clay Thompson, the, one of the splash gods himself showed why he is still Clay Thompson. Oh, yeah. I mean, Clay Thompson defined the Splash Brothers again in that game. Um, Steph Curry wasn't as prominent as Clay Thompson was, but Clay Thompson went off in that game, and it was really fun to see him back in his prime. But, but yeah, the Lakers, they didn't lose in, I'm pretty sure it was the fourth quarter. I don't think they went in overtime. But yeah, the fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, they were that close. They were that close to actually getting win that would probably propel, activate a winning streak in them and get back to on track to probably getting a playoff spot. But now they're still stuck in the playing spot and their chances of possibly falling out of the playing spot is looking more and more <laughs> possible because they're only two and a half games above Portland, three games above New Orleans. But that, that, that margin of error for the Lakers is getting smaller and smaller until it looks like they are, they're out of the play-in. I will say LeBron didn't seem worried after the loss against Golden State, though. He had a lot of fun at the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is a Super Bowl, and I know I saw a video of him having a blast with the halftime show with. <laughs> hey, uh, it, at least we know that LeBron knows some lyrics to a song. You know, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, again, going back to my Celtics, they did good by getting uh, Derek White in the trade from San Antonio. As looking, it look, it's looking very good right now. Like, they it's like more increased aggression, more consistent defending, and overall just better <laughs> balance as a team. So, we'll see how that goes for Boston. And of course, going back to the Lakers again. They really have a hard time making free throws, do they? LeBron, even Anthony Davis, who is usually a good free throw shooter, he was missing a bunch of easy ones at the line. 
And it's and it gets more suspicious when you look at Russell Westbrook, who I personally I didn't think he had a bad game. He actually played pretty good for his standards. Like he was actually making the right play. He was passing it to the right shooter. And he was just being patient with the ball against the Warriors as he tried his very best defensively, even though it can't honestly can't be said much about that. But the Lakers, what do you think they can do to actually be better? Because I do see very winnable games for the remainder of the season that can propel them to a possible playoff spot. But how can they win the majority of those games if they can't make their free throws? Listen, I don't think the Lakers are going to win a majority of their remaining games, and I don't think they're going to make a playoff spot. If they do, I'd be shocked, and it'd be a first-round exit. I'm pretty much with you, Bryce. You know, maybe LeBron and AD, and I guess – I'm not going to say Russ. More LeBron will, like, single-handedly will the Lakers to a a play-in game, maybe get to the first round, um, and then just get flicked away you know, out of, out of the playoffs again. Um, you know, uh, it's crazy to think that there was a lot of hype about them being a finals contender at the beginning of the season. And now they're, you know, Hey, they're contending for a playoff spot. Uh, I mean, it's just been disappointing for the Lakers and for Brooklyn, both. they were both, yeah. they're both projected to make the finals this year. And it's just sad to see. But it's good storylines for other teams um, to see other teams rising to the top. Yeah, definitely. We'll see how the rest of the season goes out for the the teams we talked about, especially with the Lakers and Nets. We'll see how the trade for the Nets pans out, getting Ben Simmons. And we'll see how the Lakers pan out and actually being healthy and actually winning games and making free throws, which is something that we shouldn't say, generally speaking, for a title contender. But making free throws should be, at the very least, a fundamental that they should already have in mind. And with that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications from us. Also, be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, for me, it's at Rich26Pereira. For Bryce, at Bryce Totes. And for Eston, at Eston Parker. Thanks for watching, everyone, and have a great day.